Welcome to the Darrell McLean Show. I'm your host, Darrell McLean, and let's get into our episode. Is fully listener supported independent media that won't lead you to tribalism. You can get a membership for as little as three dollars a month at www.patreon.com slash the Darrell McLean Show. We talk about a lot of serious topics on this show. One very serious topic is women's health. One company that stood out to me was vslay.com because the owner is very transparent about her own struggles in the women's health department and has great customer service, great deals, and frequent sales. You can check her out, her great customer service, products about women's health, and frequent sales at www.vslay.com. That is www.vslay.com. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Darrell McLean. This is episode 334. Following up on comments regarding SVP and signature bank regulators were aware of existing issues with the lack of access to available liquidity when operating under stress, concentrating of depositors types, no diversification to malignant liquid at risk. Banks will be very cautious when they're approving loans, making more expensive and difficult for more companies to borrow. Markets are calling for a pause in interest rate hikes by the Fed and believe a recession is imminent. The FOMC meets this week, which is March 21st and 22nd, and will most likely raise rates by 25 basis points or a quarter of 1%. That is coming from one of our patrons who has experience in the finance industry. Let's get into the episode. So President Biden on Monday signed into law legislation that would overturn a District of Columbia crime bill, a controversial move that has angered the progressive wing of the Democratic Party for weeks. Republicans championed the resolution of disapproval that would block the implementation of the D.C. law, which aimed to eliminate most mandatory sentences, lower penalties for the number of violent offenses like carjackings and robberies, and expand the requirement for jury trials in most misdemeanor cases. President Biden supports the bill, which 33 Senate Democrats voted in favor of, has been criticized as being in conflict with his stance supporting D.C. statehood and the Democratic Party's typical support for D.C. home rule. The bill's passage marked the first time in more than three decades that a D.C. passed bill has been nixed by Congress and the White House. 
Mayor Merrill Browser has vetoed the measure which, which the city council overrode. The president's support for the legislation is a reflection of how White House is trying to navigate the politically charged issue of crime in a bid to counter Republican-led messaging that Democrats are soft on crime. The president announced on March 2nd that he wouldn't veto the measure, causing an uproar from some House Democrats uh, who said they felt blindsided by the move. They also took issue with what they viewed as an about-face from the White House after they issued a statement of the administration's policy on February 6th that said the White House opposed the House resolution to overrule D.C. law. The statement, though, did not explicitly state Biden would veto the measure if it came to his desk. However, the House passed resolution that passed the resolution in a 250 to 173 vote with 31 Democrats voting with all Republicans. The bill passed overwhelmingly in the Senate on March 8th with 33 Democrats voting alongside every Republican and independent Senator Kristen Sinema from Arizona. Senate uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York and Debbie uh, Stabo uh, from Michigan both backed the resolution as well as most of the vulnerable Senate Democrats up for re-election in 2024. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Don Tester, and Sherrod Brown, Biden's supports for the bill has been viewed as a political cover for vulnerable Democrats in 2024. Biden's move to sign the bill aligns with D.C. Mayor uh, Murrell Bowser's stance on it. The legislation was unanimously approved by D.C. City Council in January, and the mayor tried to veto it, but then the city council overrode the veto in a 12-1 vote last month. Now, supporters of overturning the D.C. crime bill point to provisions in it that would lower penalties for the number of violent crimes, including robberies and carjackings. Biden specifically mentions the sentences of carjacking in explaining his reasoning for not vetoing the legislation. The White House has worked to uh, to try to present Biden historically has been a centrist, a supportive of law enforcement, and is interested in lowering a crime and community violence. The effort comes after Republicans elevated crime throughout the 2020 midterms, accusing the White House and Democrats of being too lenient. Also, in the news today, President Biden uh, issued his very first veto since taking office, rejecting a bill. That would have reversed a Labor Department rule on environmental, social, and governance, ESG investing. Quote, I just vetoed my first bill, Biden said in a tweet announcing the move. The bill would risk your retirement savings by making it illegal to consider risk factors MAGA House Republicans don't like. Your plan manager should be able to protect your hard-earned savings, whether Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene likes it or not, he added referring to the Republican congresswoman from Georgia. The administration had previously issued a rule stating that money managers can weigh climate change and other ESG factors when they make decisions for retirement investments on behalf of clients. It replaced a rule from an era of the former President uh, Trump that the Biden administration said discouraged consideration of ESG factors, even in cases where it is in the financial interest of plans to take such considerations into account. The GOP-controlled House passed a bill to undo the Biden rule, and the Senate voted Wednesday to send a bill to Biden's desk in a 50-46 to 46 vote. Two Senate Democrats, Joe Manchin from West Virginia and John Tester from Montana, joined Republicans in opposing 
the Biden administration's policy saying they felt it was a case of government overreach that would impose a policy agenda on Americans' retirement accounts. The White House had previously said that Biden would veto the legislation if it passed Congress. In a statement of administration policy, the White House noted that the rule was not a mandate, but intended to ensure retirement plans managers recognize the factors related to ESG and that they can be relevant in analyzing investment decisions. The president vetoed the bill because it jeopardizes the hard-earned life savings of cops, firefighters, teachers, and other workers, all in the service of an extreme MAGA Republican ideology, said White House spokesperson Robbie Patterson, and that was in a statement. Congress is likely uh, to try, but unlikely to be able to override Biden's veto, as it will require two uh, supports of two-thirds of both chambers, which they will not get. The legislation and Biden's uh, subsequent veto is a part of a larger debate over ESG investing. So opposition to the practice has become a point of emphasis for many conservatives who view it as a part of a broader woke agenda among Democrats that infringes on Americans' rights to make their own decisions. This veto by President Biden goes directly against the interests of American people and once again creates an illegitimate loophole for companies like BlackRock Street, uh, State Street, and Vanguard to exploit to put politics over profits with the American pensions dollar, said Will Hyde, executive director of consumer research, a group that has led opposition to ESG policies. It's disappointing to see this administration use hardworking Americans' retirements to further progressive politics rather than ensure Americans are financially secure. Uh, Hill said supporters of ESG investments, however, say that the following, these principles allow people to make money, have positive impacts on the world around them, and avoid some financial risk caused by climate change. So bank investment firms and money managers also say consumers' demand for ESG investments offers grew steadily over the past few years. Today, President Biden used his first veto to reject a bipartisan majority consensus in the House and the Senate. Americans' retirement savings should be invested to get the best return, not to support a political agenda, said Mike Brennan, uh, the Republican from Indiana, and lead and lead author on a bill that was vetoed. He said that in a statement accusing Biden of doubling down on prioritizing a progressive agenda over Americans' retirements and the will of Congress. So let me jump to the previous president and what has uh, penetrated and dominated the news as um, over the weekend and today. So President Trump's potential arrest actually hangs over Capitol Hill. So the potential arrest of the former president Trump is hanging over Capitol Hill this week as lawmakers prepare for and react to what could be the first indictment of an ex-president in the United States history. So Trump suggested on his uh, True Social account over the weekend that he will be arrested on Tuesday as a part of the Manhattan's district attorney's investigation into hush money paid to the adult film star Stormy Daniels during the 2016 election, adding to the speculation that the New York City prosecutors are nearing the end of a probe. The former president in his social media posts also called on his followers and protesters to take our nation back, invoking the memories of January 6, 2021, and raising concerns about political violence that are likely to grow through the week. Also this week, a House committee is scheduled to hold a hearing on a TikTok, which will feature testimony 
from the platform's chief executive and House Republicans are bringing the parents' bill of rights to the floor, an education-focused measure that leans into a culture or issues that have become a central part of the GOP platform. House Republicans will start the week in Orlando for their issues conference. On the Senate side, senators are scheduled to consider legislation that would repeal the war authorizations for the 2003 invasion of Iraq and the 1991 Gulf War, and the senators could vote on a resolution to overturn a Biden administration water regulation, which the House approved earlier this month. So potential Trump arrest uh, reverberates on Capitol Hill as Trump warned on Saturday that his arrest would actually set off a political firestorm with GOP lawmakers running to the ex-president's side amid a looming indictment. The controversy is likely to grow as the weeks progress. So hours after uh, Donald Trump posted, uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the Republican of California, said he was directing relevant committees to immediately investigate if federal funds are being used to subvert our democracy by interfering in elections with politically motivated prosecutions. Here we go again, an outrageous abuse of power by a radical DA who lets violent criminals walk as he pursues political vengeance against President Trump, he added on Twitter. During a Sunday press conference at the White House GOP's Issues Conference in Orlando, McCarthy said he had spoken with Rep. Jim Jordan, the Republican from Ohio, the chair of the Select Committee on the Weaponization of Federal Government about the matter. This applies directly to that, and I think you'll see actions from them. He added later, noting that the action could come on Monday. Now, McCarthy on Sunday added that the people should not protest in response to a uh, potential Trump arrest and apparent attempt to attain Trump's call to his followers amid concerns over political violence. I don't think people should protest this stuff, McCarthy said in Orlando when asked about the statement suggesting that Trump was calling on individuals to educate people about what's going on. He's not talking in a harmful way, and nobody should. Nobody should harm one another in this, and this is why you should really make law equal, because if that was the case, nothing would happen here, he later said. Earlier on Sunday, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat from New York, said he disagreed with McCarthy's assessment on the situation, taking aim at the Weaponization Committee, which he said is really more appropriately named the Committee to Protect Insurrectionists. So the House committee to hold the hearings on TikTok as well. So, of course, the House Energy and Commerce Committee is scheduled to hold that hearing on Thursday at 10 a.m. It'll be focused on TikTok as lawmakers use the pressure against the social uh, media app amid security concerns over its ties to the Communist Republic of China. TikTok uh, CEO Xu Chu is slated to make his first appearance before a congressional committee in the hearing titled TikTok, How Congress Can Safeguard America's Data Privacy and Protect Children from Online Harms. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle has voiced worries about the national security and privacy risk that TikTok presents because the app is owned by a China-based data dance and it it can collect data on users' activity, the app, and their devices overall. Last year, Congress passed, and President Biden enacted a measure that bans TikTok from government devices. Now, the Biden administration, however, uh, accelerated the feud against the platform last week when it threatened to ban TikTok in the United States. And ByteDance does not sell its stake in the platform. 
uh, Chu told the Wall Street Journal in an interview last week that divesting the company from ByteDance would not solve national security concerns. In a statement announcing the hearings, Energy Commerce Committee Chair Kathy McCormas Rogers, a Republican from Washington, zero in on the privacy concerns surrounding TikTok. Americans deserve to know the extent of which their privacy is jeopardized and their data is manipulated by BitDance, own TikTok relationships with China, Rogers said. What's worse is we know big tech companies like TikTok use harmful algorithms to exploit children for profit and expose them to dangerous content online. Now, when it comes to that, um, the, the House taking up that Parents Bill of Rights, this is about House Republicans and they're taking up the Parents Bill of Rights this week, emphasizing, well, cultural issues that assumed and elevated a place on the GOP's agenda uh, since the 2021 elections. Now, the legislation, which stretches 24 pages, seeks to ensure the rights of parents are honored and protected in nation's public schools. As House Republicans rolled out a bill at an event earlier this month, the measure which McCarthy designated as H.R. 5 would compel school districts to post their curriculum publicly and allow for in-person meetings with parents to inform the parents of any instances involving violence or sexual, I'm sorry, violence or assault that take place at school among other tenants. The legislation comes as Republicans lean into the topic of education after Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin uh, emphasized the parents' rights to the classroom in his successful campaign. Now, during a press conference at the annual House GOP Issues Conference in Orlando, uh, Conference Chairwoman Ellis uh, Steinfeld, a Republican from New York, said that the legislation should be a nonpartisan issue. You talk to parents across the country, whether they're Republicans, Democrats, or independents, they support making sure that parents are primarily the decision makers when it comes to their kids' education, she said. Majority Whip Steve Scalise, the Republican from L.A., said the Parents' Bill of Rights really represent the fabric of America, adding that parents have a say in their kids' education. Lawmakers previously introduced the legislation in November 2021. Now, Monday and Tuesday, however, House Republicans will be in Orlando for the Issues Conference, during which they are expected to uh strategize for the coming weeks on the topics of discussions will likely be the debt ceiling negotiations as some summer deadline inches closer. The potential arrest of Trump, however, is already casting a shadow over the retreat. McCarthy was asked about the former president a number of times during the press conference on Sunday. So if Trump is indicted, what happens next? So preparations appear to be underway for the unprecedented scenario that the former president Donald Trump could become the first former president in U.S. history to be indicted. So barricades actually arrived outside the criminal courthouse in Manhattan on Monday while law enforcement agencies grappled with how to protect the former president. Questions also remain as whether Trump would be handcuffed and when he would first appear in court if he is indeed charged in a case involving the hush money payment of the adult film star Stormy Daniels. As a potential indictment looms, here is a bit to what to expect if the grand jury indicts the former president. So Manhattan prosecutors are scrutinizing a $130,000 hush payment that Michael Cohen's Trump's longtime fixer and former attorney made to Daniels in exchange for her silence about the alleged affair she says she had with Trump. Making a hush payment itself is not illegal, 
but legal observers indicate that prosecutors are eyeing charges against a former president related to falsifying business records. Trump reimbursed Cohen for the payment and said he considered it a monthly retainer fee. Trump denies the affair and his attorneys have portrayed him as an extortion victim. They insist the payment, which made in October 2016, was unrelated to Trump's presidential campaign at the time. Now, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg could seek the charge if prosecutors show that Trump, with an intent to defraud, was personally involved in unlawfully designating Cohen's reimbursement as a legal expense. Now, that charge still only amount to a misdemeanor. However, elevating it, the charge to a felony version, which carries up to four years in jail, would require a connection to a separate crime. So Cohen, who was the attorney for Trump, actually pled guilty to federal campaign violations in the connection with the scheme. But Bragg's office, which prosecutes state crimes, would rely on on the untested legal theory, if the city's a and uh, and it's a, a basically a federal violation, if they do cite that, now legal experts suggest that Brad could also look for a violation of the state's tax or campaign finance law, depending on what the evidence is that he has collected. Now, Trump has long decried the investigation about a plot to derail his 2024 presidential campaign reiterating that belief on Monday by calling it the greatest witch hunt of all time. Now, over the weekend, Trump rocked the news cycle with the social media post by suggesting he would be arrested on Tuesday. He, of course, told his supporters in remarks that some political observers said were reminiscent of calls he made before his supporters stormed the Capitol on January 6th to protest and take our nation back. Now, despite Trump's apparent threat, uh, Joe Tepecana uh, Tapakina, who is Trump's attorney, told the New York Daily News that the former president won't refuse to surrender if he is indicted. There won't be a standoff at Mar-a-Lago with the Secret Service and the Manhattan's DA office, Tapakina told the paper. The former president lives in Florida, but the proceedings would take place in New York City. Trump first would need to appear in court so a judge can formally read him the charges. A source familiar with the arraignment said that there are few preparations that can be made before any indictment of Trump, which should be relayed to his attorney ahead of his protective detail. Now, the source said that Trump, uh, if Trump is to be charged, he could arrange to surrender to authorities under at another location, noting that other high-profile defendants have turned themselves in at local police stations. So it's unclear what charges authorities would make for the extraordinary nature of indicting a former president, but the standard procedure indicates that Trump would provide fingerprints before being released ahead of trial. White-collar defendants are typically handcuffed as they walk into courthouse with lower uh, Manhattan for the arraignment when they formally enter a plea. Cole was asked, in the MSNBC interview on Sunday about his own experience being indicted by the district attorney's office as he predicted that Trump would be would not be handcuffed despite fully breaking with former president over the case. Cohen said such a thing would be bad for the presidency as an institution. Now, following an arraignment for a felony, uh, New York's criminal procedure law directs law enforcement to take fingerprints of defendants. In those cases, state law permits officials to additionally take mud shots and palm prints. After those proceedings conclude, Trump would likely be released as he awaits trial. 
Now, New York lawmakers in 2019 approved changes to the state's bail and pre-child release laws establishing a presumption of the release on recognition in all cases, except when a defendant poses a flight risk. So Trump receives around-the-clock Secret Service protection, raising a unique Secret Service issue surrounding any potential indictment. Law enforcement officials in New York have been discussing security preparations if the case moves forward. The source familiar with the arrangement said the Secret Service would be responsible for securing Trump's movements into and out of the courthouse while the security measures within the building would be left to local law enforcement and court staff. Secret Service spokesman Anthony Guleman said he would could not comment on specific protection plans or movements. Now, the New York court system declined to comment on the arrangement and the Hill reached out to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office for comment, which they uh, responded by saying, while the NYPD continues to monitor all activity, there are no credible threats to the city at this time. And a New York City uh, spokesperson said when asked about the preparations, we will continue to monitor all activity in coordination with other local, state, and federal law enforcement. And the NYPD always remains prepared to respond to events happening on the ground and keep New Yorkers safe. The spokesman continued, the mayor is in constant contact with the Commissioner Sewell about all public safety issues affecting the city every day and speaks with the commissioner and others at the NYPT multiple times a day. So let me be the bearer of uh, not bad news, but just reality. This is a very flimsy case at best. When you got to look at the statute of limitations, it was two years or so, unless they uh, basically say that the defendant is... Stay with us. We'll be right back. It goes without saying that this show does not happen without listener support. Support the Jerome McLean show by going to www.patreon.com and getting a membership for $3. Or you can go to buzzsprouts.com slash Jerome McLean show and hit the subscribe button and join there. Many ways to donate to the show. Independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet. Nobody is leaving. So let us reason together. www.patreon.com slash the Jerome McLean Show or go to Bus Sprouts and to the Jerome McLean Show and subscribe. Not been in the state for a long period of time. Now, Donald Trump hasn't been in the White House for a very significant amount of time so if they wanted these charges to come to fruition they could have done it there is speculation that they have went head on and started trying to do this because the statute of limitations is getting ready to expire even for the extension now with that being said the case on the merits of it is flimsy at best because it's uh, a legal standing that has not been tested And in all likelihood, the judge recognizing the significant weight of prosecuting a former president is probably, if if Trump was indicted by the prosecuting attorney, the judge, uh, the presiding judge, would more than likely toss this out. Now, I have to uh, disagree with a lot of the standard things that I've heard about uh, the rule of law etc etc and I think I've said this several times there are different rules for them than it is for you and me 
And even though that seems like it is unfair, that is the nature of what it means to be in a representative uh, republic. I don't really know the precedent that would be set if a former president is actually arrested because by the very nature of the office, it is highly polarizing and highly political. And of course, Trump is one of the most polarizing political figures of my lifetime. If there was to be a precedent set that when a president leaves office, his predecessor, uh, immediately has him arrested are prosecutors who take uh are, are i'll put it this way prosecutors who have political ambitions and are parts of political parties arrest opposing opposing people in political parties once that train starts it is not going to stop uh, we look at what happened to in brazil with lula and how he was arrested and then when he got out of jail and got in power the next president that was that lost election f had to flee we see what happens in states or countries that this happens and this is a recipe for a banana republic so and and it's not going to be that any charges that will come to any other politician in the future would not be legitimate I, we have to be serious about that because the nature of how the judiciary actually works, even the top echelons of the American judicial system are political appointees. The Supreme Court are all Republican and Democrats, and they are all appointed by Republican and Democratic presidents. They are by their very nature political operatives, although they pretend to be nonpartisan arbiters of the law. Everybody knows that is not how that actually works. So if it is true for the high court, we have to labor on the assumption that it is also true for the lower court. So what would end up happening is you would have local judges and, and, and uh, federal judges and federal prosecutors and local prosecutors pulling pull, uh, politicians that they don't like up on charges and ending their careers by putting them in jail in these show trials. We actually saw this in Virginia where there was a Governor McDonald, or uh, uh, I think that was that guy's name, uh, was tossed into jail. His his career was, <clears throat> was ruined. Um, he was charged with a felony just to be later on uh, let out and it, it basically tossed out. And, of course, that was seen as something that is political. Now, Virginia did survive, but that is not a precedent that we want to start to play around with when it comes to a populace that is already very fractured and who is highly suspicious of each other. Not just suspicious in a lot of cases. They downright don't like each other. Imagine what would have happened if uh, the left got its wishes and George Bush was actually brought up on war crimes or whatever and arrested. Do you think the right would have took that leg down, you know, the side with all the guns? What do you think would have happened if Bill Clinton would have been arrested for his uh, lying under oath to the Supreme Court? You know, he didn't get arrested. He was he was disbarred from practicing law, but he did lie. If he was arrested, the left would have been outraged. What do you think would have happened if uh, President Trump 
would have gotten office and came up with some reason to charge the former president Barack Obama and had him arrested. Do you think that uh, the people who celebrated Barack Obama's first uh, being the first uh, a black American president would have took that lying down? It would have been a all out battle in the street and it will be bad if this happens as well. The country is already in a very tender spot. You have crazies like Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about a national divorce. And uh, this is not the right time to do these sorts of things. Unfortunately, what happens sometimes is the bad people just get away with it. Our people he re-pursues to be bad gets away with it. This does have the smell of a, and I hate to have to use those terms, of a bit of a witch hunt. It It is a death of a thousand cuts. Where we know all the things that uh, uh, President, the former President Trump did, we know his flaws. They have been laid bare. Everybody knows that he, he, he was a philanderer. Everybody knows that. And, and of course, he did what every person does. He did the same thing Bill Clinton did. When asked about a personal sexual matter, he lied. And that's normally what men do. That does not mean it is correct, but it is what normally happens. So to make all this ado over what most people do on a general basis, I think is uh, the, the dog who's chasing the hydrant. And so uh, my, my opinion on this is this is something that it is going to backfire. I, if Trump is charged, I predict that he is going to shoot up in the polls higher than he already is, and uh, it's not going to be good. But it's, but but to stick to some of this other stuff, uh, this is just about retribution. It seems they all the lawyers and everything. We all know how they how they. Uh, lied and now they're all being punished and all the punishments and all the cases and all the charges and all the indictments and the arrest are all aimed at hopefully getting at the big fish getting 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 at you know uh co-conspirator number one and we all know who co-conspirator number one actually was we've seen it with the uh robert Mueller thing it didn't work out and it seems like that people are going to continue to try. And I think that they are going to keep failing. But I would lay down the prerequisite that if they did succeed, it would be an explosive, an explosive, dangerous time uh, for the country. Right back with more. Possible unrest if that does happen. Well, and speaking of that, you know, we had this video that we just got moments ago. This is the New York Police Department. They're installing security cameras on light post that is outside the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments. You know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda. 
Governor DeSantis, you're better than this. That was a weasel approach. And don't give me the, don't, don't throw in a thing about the porn star. I don't need to hear it from you, okay? Don't need to hear it, okay? Uh, Mike Lindell, the Election Crime Bureau report, sir. Well, first of all, uh, DeSantis is the Trojan horse we thought he was. Uh, I just want to put that out there, how disgusting he is. Um, he remember everybody, he met with Dominion lawyers on uh, finding, figuring out a way to make it easier to sue people for defamation like my pillow and Mike Lindell. Um, if they arrest uh, our great president, Donald Trump, um, hands down, he, uh, he wins the 2024 election. Now, look, Donald Trump was not going to take that sleight of hand uh, support for him from Ron DeSantis. He was not going to let that just go without a reply. So Donald Trump shot back. Ron DeSantis will probably find out about false accusations and fake stories sometime in the future as he gets older, wiser, and better known. When he's unfairly and illegally attacked by a woman, even classmates that are underage, or possibly a man. I'm sure he will want to fight these misfits like just like I do. So Donald Trump has dug into this uh, accusation that he, you know, the people that put out against Ron DeSantis a while ago, saying that he was a pedophile and groomer, uh, said he had groomed uh, girls that he used to teach when, uh, when he was a school teacher. So I'm going to be paying attention to this. A whole thing, uh, it just kind of hit the fan. At any rate, uh, see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Of course, if you want to support the show, you can do so by going to www.patreon.com and getting a membership for as little as $3 a month. Again, that's www.patreon.com slash the Darrell McLean Show. Show is fully listener supported independent media that won't lead you to tribalism. Get a membership and support independent media at www.patreon.com/slash the Jerome McLean Show.